really exciting announcement before we start the show this week. May 19th, Friday night at the Single Carrot Theater in Baltimore, Maryland, Dissecting the 80s returns to the second Baltimore Podcast Festival. We will announce the movie we're doing at a later date, but we wanted to let you guys know so you can put that on your calendars. Come hang out with us. And then we'll hang around after the show if you, you know, really want to redeem that high five we've been promising you for listening to the show. So Friday, May 19th, the Single Carrot Theater in Baltimore, Dissecting the 80s, returns to the Baltimore Podcast Festival. Don't forget the old bay. <laughs> Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And joining me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man whose list of merit badges is not one that would help you survive in the woods, but they look real fabulous. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. They are not dissimilar to the batches earned in this film. <laughs> yeah, like, I imagine that was right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know how we said that, like, Oda Mae Brown, uh, like, formed my character, but kind of like, I've watched this movie one time in my life, but Shelley Long's character is very similar to me as a person. <laughs> Every other week, we watch a movie or some piece of 1980s pop culture and examine all the weird, wild, wonderful, wacky stuff in it. On this episode, we're talking Troop Beverly Hills, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your merit badges. Something's gotta be out about your merit badges. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. This month, Andrew programmed both of our films, so why don't you tell them why we're doing Troop Beverly Hills? There's no pun. Do we ever think of one for like Andrew programs April? No, but there's this. Feels like there's something in there. It'll come to us like yeah. roughly mid June. We'll realize we'll what it should have been. We'll we'll retroactively brand this. Yeah. Um. Andrew Prill. Yeah. Andrew Prill. That sounds Andrew like a weird. Pearl. That sounds like a currency <laughs> in a foreign land. <laughs> Eight Andrew Prills. Right. April. April. Well, we almost did April in all yes. eight movies, but after we did King Kong Lives, I was like, do we have to? <laughs> can, we, can, can we not do that? I've had enough apes, thank you, for the time being. I've had enough of these damn dirty apes. So we picked, I picked the movies, and we did. I did things that I was like, I wanted to do these, but there's no like super good tie-in. So it's just like Andrew's super gay '80s movies, <laughs> like that aren't Steel Magnolias. Um, yeah, I vetoed Steel Magnolias, guys. I'm sorry. Only be, it's all, it would be hard to talk about on this show. I, I agree. I accept that. But I think Troop Beverly Hills is appropriate because for me, uh, near Philly, it is the end of Girl Scout, se- Girl Scout cookie season. Girl Scout season. Like it's a hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with the wind down of Girl Scout cookie season. So I thought Troop Beverly Hills was appropriate. Uh, so we've got uh, Shelley Long and Have you ever baby Carla Gugino. Not the whole thing. I've definitely seen parts of it, but I definitely had not seen most of this. Although yeah. there's like I vaguely recollected some stuff from TV. Yeah, exactly. There's a baby like a lot of stars in this movie. Carla Gugino, yeah. Tori Spelling, and a bunch of others. 
Yeah, every time I see Tori Spelling, I am just like, this is the most nepotistic hire in the history of the film business. Like, Tori Spelling might the be the most? worst actress. That, I, Tori Spelling Do we might need be to talk about actress. Bryce Dallas Howard? Yes, because I think Tori, Amo, Tori Spelling, not Tori Amos, <laughs> I don't know who that came from. Tori Spelling is uh, perhaps the worst actress I've ever seen, and she like got her own show, basically. She got several shows. I know, because her dad was very rich and produced them. She's really bad. She's bad in this movie, and she's in it for less than two minutes. I didn't even remember her in this movie. Anyway, Shelley Long, we got baby Carla Gugino. One of the girls, it's not, but one of the girls also looks like Amy Schumer. Yes, she does. So I have a lot of notes here coming up about baby Amy Schumer. Just just for uh, clarity and and you know legal purposes, it is not actually Amy Schumer. Is it Emily uh, it Schulman? Kind of looks like her. There's a yes. an actress in the movie called Emily Schulman, so maybe it's her. Is she changed her name to protect her identity? Yeah. So we start off with like a really crazy three minute long animated introduction of like it's girl super fun. Scouts. It's super stupid fun. It's like a uh, it it's kind like of looks Christmas like Ren and Stimpy. Yes. Yeah, it is like Christmas vacation. Uh, but it's three minutes long, uh, and that's too long for an introduction. I know we talked is. about it on the show before, but the, uh, all those animated intro sequences are now done after the movie because our attention span is worse. And every time I see one in one of the movies we watch, I'm like, oh, God, I can't take this. But also, it's it like it's just an overture, essentially, because it's like, here's all the jokes you're going to see in the movie. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, it is, is not weird. wrong. That is all the jokes you're going to see in the movie are previewed in the title sequence. I actually watched it at uh, like triple speed because I knew it was going to be a long intro. And I'm glad I did because it helped not ruin every joke that was coming. Yes. Um, so we go, we open up on a, a meeting of the higher muckety mucks of Girl Scouting in California. Wilderness Girls. We're not oh, gonna, yeah, you're right. We're not going to get into legal trouble with the, with the Girl Scouts. But it was interesting because later in the movie they go to get uniforms and it says Boy Scouts on the wall. That's true. I don't know. Maybe because it was about the scout troop yeah. itself, they couldn't say it. Um, that makes sense to me. It's probably the same. It's this. I think it's similar to when uh, Legally Blonde was supposed to take place at Brown, but then Brown read the script and was like, "A lo- uh, professor hits on a student. We're, you're not. It's not being set here." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting though because the girls end up coming out looking great because of the thing. You know, the training that they get. Oh, although, for sure. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, it's we'll get probably there. Probably not super there. Girl Scout approved training. Yeah, no, this is not. It's not in the handbook. Uh, so the leader of the scouts in California is basically like, let's not deny any girls the opportunity to be a wilderness girl. We'll give them one last chance, which doesn't really jibe. Like the first sentence that she says and the second sentence are kind of opposite viewpoints of. Yeah, we don't want to deny anyone. We'll give them one chance. One more. Well, it seems like this has been like the re- this is like the black sheep troop. Yes. Like Absolutely they've never is. sold a cookie ever, which feels like <laughs> Wilderness Girl 101, like just sell oh, a cookie. Yeah. yeah. And then and you got. It seems like with the rich parents, that shouldn't have been a problem. No, not at all. Um, And then what What, what are we like? What role are we going to call the antagonist of this film? Like in, in the hierarchy? Is she like a, a lieutenant? We'll say. Yeah, yeah. So it is a weird thing because she definitely isn't the highest ranking board member but she seems to have a lot of authority. Yeah. So maybe it's like she's like, it's like, she's the regional manager and then there's, yes, there's, or she's the branch manager. And then there's the regional manager. Who's the head woman. 
No, I think it's even bigger than that. I think it'd be like the state manager is the woman who says, let's give him a chance. She manages the region, and then Shelly Long manages the branch. Okay, I can I can get behind that. So the regional yeah. manager for the girl for the wilderness <laughs> the girls. The regional manager for the Girl Scouts, yes. Uh, she's, like, really mean. And, like, it's... Aggressively it's one of these 80s mean. movie thing. Yes, yes. But it's one of these 80s movie tropes where, like... I don't understand why the villain is a jerk. And I know we've talked about in this show a lot of like, look, I don't need to know why the person is a jerk. And that is a great rule of thumb. If you're talking about like a silent assassin masked killer trying to stab a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. But when it's a woman who's trying to fuck over a group of children and like give them like take away their ability to have joy in their life. I kind of need to know why. Yeah, I want to. I want to know why this woman is so hell bent on giving "quote unquote" under like socially underprivileged girls the opportunity for a social event. Yeah, because they're not. Really they're not. Up. They're not fiscally, uh, fiscally uh, down on their luck at all. But they're no, socially no. like wayward. Yeah, no, they are, and they have you know terrible home lives all of them it seems and and the girl scout or the wilderness girls gives them an opportunity to to have cool stuff in their life and this woman is like spends a whole movie trying to hurt their ability to have fun yeah i would have liked an ex an explanation about that yeah or like even honestly it could have been as simple as like you start the movie with shelly long like rear ends her in the car or something and then the woman just like has a grudge against shelly long oh, that works for me yeah it just, it was very odd. Also, I apologize in advance because at some point I'm going to say Shelly Duvall and, and Andrew might not catch it or I, I might won't not catch, catch it. it. I won't yeah. catch it. I'm just going to say that. Shelly Long and Shelly Duvall look nothing alike and are completely different people and are they, like not have, even remotely. <laughs> yeah, they're like Literally IMDb nothing pages. about them looks alike. Their IMDb pages aren't similar in any way. No. But for some reason, I really struggle to say Shelly Long's name correctly. I don't know why, but... That's just the thing that happens. Uh, Have you ever I, seen that supercut of Shelley Duvall saying, hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. It's like before like fairy tale theater or something. Uh-huh, it's like a uh-huh. three minute clip. And me and my friends were obsessed with it in college because it's just there's something so stupid funny about like all the different ways. She was like, hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah. It's like the supercut of wrestlers breathing in in the middle of their, like, I'm going to beat you this Saturday night. Someone just went through and grabbed all the <gasps> noises, and it's really <laughs> terrifying. It's just very unsettling. But, yeah. Oh, so, anyway, uh, the, the reason why I bring that up is because uh, another podcast that I like was once trying to bring in uh, funny stories of, you know, actors and actresses. And I wrote in, relayed a story that we heard when we were on a tour at the Paramount Pictures lot in California. Uh, we went out there for vacation a few years ago. And they used to have a big uh, parking lot that you could flood like a pool. You could block it off and it could be filled with up to like six feet of water roughly. Enough to float small boats and, and do uh, small water scenes. You couldn't do like an open ocean thing. But you could do some stuff. And they were doing a scene at the end of one of the seasons of Cheers where Shelley Long was supposed to jump in the water at, at this uh, dock for whatever reason. I don't know the context. I've never watched Tears. And they filled this pool, which is over a million gallons of water, and she stuck her foot in it and was like, it's too cold, I'm not doing it. And so they had to drain the pool and refill the next day at a cost of, like, just an ungodly amount of money. I mean, even, even pre-drought California. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they wasted a million gallons of water, yes, which California now in a drought would, like, murder a bunch of people to have a million gallons of water just willy-nilly. Um they told us on the tour that like they'll never be able to film scenes like that there again. Like the drought, California's drought is so bad they'll just never be able to fill the tank. But 
So they completely drain the tank, refill it, put it in. And then that was the last season that Shelley Long was on Cheers. And he was like, this wasn't the reason, but it certainly couldn't have helped. I thought that was a funny story. It's not the best story on earth, but it's entertaining. <laughs> you wrote Shelley Duvall, didn't you? I sure did. I sure <laughs> did. I sure wrote I sure wrote Shelley Duvall on Cheers for the entire story that I wrote the podcast. And then I had to – I caught it as soon as I sent it, and I was like – Guys, I'm so dumb. That should have been Shelley Long the whole time. I'm sorry. I promise that I didn't make up the story. But, like, I wouldn't have read that story on the air either. And then I didn't get my story read. I was sad. That's a shame. So that's that's the Shelley Long story. Well, now you story. have your own podcast, and now you can read your own Shelley Long story. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't, I don't need those guys. I got this myself. You have your own troop, Beverly Hills. I do. I do. Um, so anyway... We've got, like, some shitty couple stuff happening with Shelley Long and Craig T. Nelson. Well, because she applied to be the troop leader. We didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. like, we have a new applicant. And it's, like, Shelley Long, and she has a headshot in there. And they're, like, going through what her interests are. And it's, like, what she says they are and what they, like, mean in the world of Beverly Hills. Like, her going shopping and, like, getting a discount on things and, like, speaking Spanish to a gardener. Yeah. It's, it's pretty lame, if I'm being honest. But then she comes home with, like... $10,000 worth of things she just bought on Rodeo Drive and Craig T. Nelson comes in the house and they immediately start fighting. It's like, oh man, are we doing like shitty couple movie? And then poor Jenny Lewis. Welcome back to the show. Two weeks in a row, Jenny Lewis. Or two episodes in a row, rather. Uh, Up on a balance like, guys. <laughs> and Do you think like, that was all her special skills? Like, can do oh, gymnastics? 100%. And that's After why... A hundred... But, like, she never does anything. They literally have her standing on this giant-ass balance beam, and then later she walks on a log. Kind of. Yeah. So I was like... She doesn't even successfully walk on the log. She falls down, and Shelly Long has to rescue her. So it's not, like, Chekhov's balance beam or anything like that. I was waiting for her to have to do, like, a round-off or something. Yeah. Or, like, these tree branches are the uneven bar. Or parallel. Are the girl? Do the girls do parallel? Yeah, because that girl kicks the velociraptor in, in Jurassic world no jurassic park what the what's the second one it's called? world it's jurassic world oh okay. no with jurassic world wait no the jurassic lost world is the one with the chris pratt the lost world The lost. Yes. World. okay i was like i was like <laughs> I, was I was like it feels very wrong <laughs> it's jurassic park 2 the lost world <laughs> um speaking of jurassic world visit our very amusing video on our facebook or our youtube channel uh chum some of this see, see our see, see our dumb joke anyway so they're fighting and jenny loose is like guys please stop fighting I'm trying to do my gymnastics. I'm in the room. She, she has like a real dope side pony going. Like a, she's got this great like light blue like onesie, like gymnastic singlet onesie. It's great. Y- yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to like Craig T. Nelson's in the bedroom packing up and he and Shelly Long are still fighting. And Rosa the maid is like really invested in this marriage not working. Like she's really sad about it. And it's weird because – you get the impression that Shelley Long doesn't do much talking to the servants of the house, and Craig T. Nelson is just never no, at the I house. I didn't get that. Cause she really? walked Yeah, she walked in and instantly complimented the gardener on his hat and said, like, what a great job he was doing, and then was, like, having an, a chummy conversation with the maid. Oh, okay. I think the maid wants to stay with Shelley Long, but knows that Craig T. Nelson makes the money, so she's going to have to uh, go with him. Okay. You're giving her, like, a, a real... <laughs> You're giving a real, like, scuzzy motive to the maid just now. Did I? Like, the maid is hanging around Shelly Long so that she can have this self-improvement journey so she can get back together with Craig T. Nelson and she can save her job. No, no, no. I'm saying she wants to she's like with- she, She's like the shitty kids in a parents getting divorced movie, like in the parent trap, where they're like, we'll just trick them into falling in love again. It'll be easy. 
No. She's going to have a job. Like Rose, <laughs> Craig T. Nelson's going to keep employing Rosa, but Rosa wants to help Shelly, like wants to be Shelly Long's maid. Mm. I'm also now very oh, aware of every time I say Shelly to not say Duval. <laughs> so if well, there's, I had to put it out there. So you're going to have to like edit out all these like microsecond gaps between the words <laughs> Shelly and Long. Uh, anyway, um, so they get into a fight, and she he, the fight boils down to Craig T. Nelson being like, all you do is shop, and Shelly Long being like, all you do is mufflers. And he's like, yeah, but mufflers is my job. Like... That's my actual job. That's how we make money. And then he, well, he says she never starts, finishes anything she starts. And she's always like, well, there's something more like, it's not like she like starts a charity and then abandons it to go shopping. She's, it was like, oh, Habitat for Humanity. And then I thought Hands Across America was more important. And then I thought Save the Whales was more important than that. So like, she clearly, like they've clearly written her to like have a heart, but yeah. no, no follow through. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'm going to just put this out there now. It kind of bothered me that. So there's, like, the fight in the beginning of the movie, right? And you're led to believe that it's not that Craig T. Nelson is right, but that there's just, like, you know, they got two things that, you know, people get into spats and their relationships hit rocky patches. That's part of being in relationships. And, you know, sometimes they break up and sometimes don't. Shelly, the the arc of this movie is that Shelly Long goes on this, like, amazing self-improvement journey and, like, she finally does finish a thing that she started and she finds this leadership ability and she learns all this stuff about herself and has, like, by the end of the movie become a much better person. But the whole movie is, like... If she gets better, she'll be good enough for Craig T. Nelson to take her back, which is really fucked up. Like, he doesn't change at all. Like, his narrative in this movie is he starts dating some other woman and he sees that, like, things were better with his wife, which is not nearly the same, like, level of... No, not at all. Achievement. Yeah. And it's... It, like, did that did that bother you? Did you notice what I'm talking about? I mean, I was hoping the end wasn't going uh, it's, to... It's weird because, like, the do- I was like, oh, there's a daughter, so clearly they have to get back together. But I was yeah. like, I just wanted... I wanted a Legally Blonde ending when it was when it's like, if I'm going to be a lawyer by the time I'm 30, I need a boyfriend who's not such a bonehead. And then, like, yeah. walk out the doors. I wanted, like, if I'm going to be the regional manager of the Wilderness Girls of America in five years, I need not an asshole for a husband. Deuces. And then she, like, yeah. drives away and dirt flies in his face. Yeah, like, he really doesn't do anything to get his wife back. It's basically, like, once you're good enough to return to me, then you can you can come back. And, like, I'm not trying to be, like, hashtag woke, hashtag SJW, but, like, I just, it just sucks. Like, it really, like, it bothered me the whole time I was watching it because Craig T. Nelson just keeps doing shittier and shittier things. And it's, like, at some point, can he have a redemptive arc? Because right now it's not happening. Yeah, I would have liked a couple redemption scenes from him to, like, earn Shelley Long back. Yeah, yeah. Make it so that they both have to do things to get, you know, the place they want to go. Because anyway. she says, like, you work too much and your job is, like, you look like an idiot at your job. And there's no, like, yeah. I'm going to work less and be home more for the daughter. There's yeah, none of that. Yeah, yeah. that's what his arc should have been is, like, realizing that he wants to spend more time with his family adjusting his work schedule so he can be around and like working with Shelly long to be like, Hey, I know it's weird, but like, I'd like to spend time with our daughter, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's sh- the movie um, should have ended with him becoming a troop father. Yeah. That yeah, would have yeah. been the, like my new assist, like, because Annie should have gotten her job. And then yes, he been yes, like, yes. our new assistant, our new assistant troop leader is Craig T. Nelson. Yes. Yes. That's absolutely what should have happened because they fire that horrible woman. They give Shelly Long that job. Oh, no. I think I was saying Annie, the like mousy woman, got her job. Shelly Long stays with Troop Beverly Hills and Craig T. Nelson becomes her assistant troop leader. Okay. That'll work for me. I was thinking that Shelly Shelly gets bumped up and she's regional manager now. 
Okay, I'll take that. I like that plan, too. So, whatever. But yes, that is exactly how this movie should have ended. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Internet Once high five. Once again on Trip and Andrew Rewrite Movies. <laughs> this week. Listen, we're available for not that much money. We will punch up that script before you film it. Just call us. <laughs> Give us a pack of Swedish fish and some Mike and eggs. Maybe some Twizzlers. I mean, I would like actual. I, I would like actual real dollars, but just like give us some dollars, we will fix your movie. Um, anyway, there's a moment I really like here where they're fighting, and she picks up a bunch of his clothes and throws them out the window, and then the gardener just leaf blows the clothes. Yeah, like and it's just, just unfazed. Unfazed. He doesn't even look up into the window. The like, clothes come over his head and down to the ground. He's just like, yeah, all right, leaf blow, <laughs> whatever. This is usual. Then we get some summer rental music. Yep, yep, and it's our, our introducing the kids montage. And Shelly, okay, so I'm just, I'm going to say a lot. A lot of my notes are like, that outfit is everything. That outfit gives me life. So just like <laughs> general blanket statement, her wardrobe in this movie is amazing. <laughs> I knew you would love it. It's like 80, It's like the Cindy Lauper psych, is it psych? No, vibes. That's what I was like. It's vibes, like a TV vibes. Show. Cindy Lauper in vibes, like crank to an 11. Like, if you thought Velvet t- Backless Turtleneck was was something, like, just wait till you see this movie. <laughs> um, we got uh, Surgeon's Kid. We've got the Unemployed Actor's Kid. We've got the Kid of a Director. We've got the Kid of a Dictator. And she, cause the... she calls him Dictator. And I was like, did she mean Diplomat? And like, she's supposed to be dumb now? Because I would not like that arc. It's basically supposed to be Kim Jong-un, I think. And Imelda Marcos. Because later they say, how many shoes do you have? Oh, wait. Who's that? Who's her? What's her? Then it's not It's not Kim Jong then. No. So, like, I don't know who he's supposed to be, but Imelda Marcos was... I, I just know that she was known for having lots and lots of shoes. Um, who was she married to? I'm going to Google it. Well, I'm going to Wikipedia okay. it. The, the widow of Ferdinand Marcos, the 10th president of the Philippines, served as first lady from 65 to 86... Uh, one of the richest politicians in the Philippines through her collection of artwork, clothing, and jewelry, along with money in offshore bank accounts under the pseudonym Jane Ryan. As a result, she's been called a kleptocrat by her critics who accuse her of plunder. Okay. So that's who that clearly was then. You picked you picked a reference up that I didn't get. Well, they said um, they, later in the movie, they're like, how many shoes do you have? And I was like, oh. No, I, I do remember that, but I didn't know that about Imelda Marcos off the top of my head. So, <clears throat> and then the daughter of a, a, sec- a sexy novel writer? Who writes them with her daughter. And also her daughter is a TV star. Yeah. And that is like the most fucked up relationship I think I've seen in a movie in a long time. Like, well, they also don't talk much about her being in, like, I was like, this girl has a career of her own and they just don't talk about it. Yeah. Although I did kind of like that because she does say very early on, like, mom, I want to have a normal childhood and be a kid. You know, I, I, I need to have these experiences. And so I kind of appreciate that, like, it shouldn't be all about her being a TV star. But there is that that moment later when they're selling cookies and they have a pretty smart gimmick to have her autograph the boxes that she sells them. Yeah, I did like that. That was fun. I just would have liked like a, a show name or something like like something yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Punky absolutely. Brewster or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or what was the show with the little robot girl? Uh, small Wonder. Small Wonder. Like if she yeah. had been like, I'm like, I'm this you're the star of the show, like big amazement or something. Yeah, no, like anything, and they could have made up a show title, absolutely. Um, so all these rich kids are there, and they're like eating caviar and stuff at this Girl Scout meeting, or sorry, in a park. I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah, in a public park, and then they're like, "Well, where are your uniforms?" And they're all like, "No one lasted long enough as troop leader to take us to buy uniforms." So they go do that. <laughs> Wouldn't and... that be like a day one thing? Yeah, I maybe feel like day that's two. Before... 
I feel like you maybe come to one meeting to see if it's for you before you buy the uniform, and then you gotta buy that uniform. I would think like, so. As part of the as part of the game, I think. I mean, I never did it. You were never a Girl Scout. I was never a Boy Scout either. I think Gig was the only of of Mom's kids who was a Scout. Yeah, I never had any interest. Like no. I, my my love of the outdoors and hiking and stuff happened within the last three years, like four three and a half years. That is not something I, as a kid I wanted. To, I did not want to be out with bugs in a gross tent somewhere. No, I'm like I, the trees in our yard were about it for me. I was like, I'll yeah, climb these yeah. trees. Yeah. Now as an adult, I enjoy that stuff, but I did not as a kid. Um. So they go to buy some uniforms, and and then see this is another weird timeline thing. Shelley Long has to go to orientation with all of the regional managers and such. And branch managers, but that happens after she's had her first meeting with the scout troop, which seems insane. Yeah, it's it's weird that like they're she is training to do it while she's doing the job. It feels like they're setting her up for failure. Yeah, yeah. And then I really kind of liked the uh, the dictator regional manager woman who's like, "This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. If you're not ready for it, leave." And these two older women kind of look at each other and stand up and just walk out of the room. And then her response is like, "That's fine. Let them leave." Call the week. Well, because <laughs> Shelly Long goes to the uniform store and puts it on, and I was like, that uniform's terrible. And then Shelly Long was like, this uniform is terrible, and here's all the reasons why. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, she's right. That's Those are why. So she takes it to a, to her, like, tailor and is like, fix this. And so she comes into the meeting. Everyone else, is, it's, like, essentially, like, a khaki, like, thigh-length shirt and, like, a shin-length skirt and, like, khaki shoes. It's your head-to-toe khaki. Yeah. And she comes in in this khaki, like, capelet, smoking, a, like, a cigarette holder with a tiny hat. And then she flips off the cape, and it's got, like, green vel- green satin lining. And her her uniform is, like, cinched and piped and, like, so cute. I loved it. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's dumb as hell, but it's pretty amazing. Um, uh, So she obviously doesn't make a great first impression coming in dressed like that. And she wants to, like change the way they do things and already it's it's she's a lot of she literally goes i know you guys sell cookies and that's adorable but like what if we did a, st- a telethon with tv stars instead that sounds like it'd be more effective <laughs> and i was like <laughs> yeah no probably yes. not wrong yeah yeah um so we cut to we're watching tv back at the at the house and it's a muffler uh commercial with craig t nelson and he's dressed as a muffler and he's just like the dumbest looking costume on her on earth it's like a Tin Man costume that fell into a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like it. The body's so intact, but the head and arms are just like. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's watching this, she looks out the window and she sees this woman like coming into Craig T. Craig T. Nelson's living in the guest house in the backyard. And so this woman is like walking back to his place and she wakes up Jenny Lewis and is like, hey, a woman's going into your dad's room. And it's like. That's a deeply inappropriate thing to be talking to your kid about. But the response from Jenny Lewis is dark hair, long legs, big boobs, which means Jenny Lewis has also made note of this woman. Yeah, yeah. And is like filing away a judgment about the type of women her dad likes to stop, apparently. I mean, if I was Jenny Lewis, I probably would do the same thing. Yeah, but it's pretty terrible that that she's like, wake up and talk to me about the slut that your dad's boning. And then there's a really and so then uh, I almost said Cheryl Lewis, isn't that the woman with lamb chop? <laughs> I don't know. I don't she- know who Cheryl Lewis is. Shelley Long is like on her like balcony looking in Craig T. Nelson's guest house, and there's a really good looking fall. 
Like yeah, yeah, she I was falls like, out of a tree. A, it's a well done fall. Whoever, like, it's not, it's not a, it's not because we've seen before really shitty dummies. Yeah, no, and I was like, this is fall. a person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so cut to camping trip time for the wilderness girls, and they have two limos and a tent truck set up to take them out there, uh, and they're doing like campfire fondue, and then you know like hanging around reading magazines. Like it's very odd as a camping trip because it's already like done. It's my the kind tent's of camping set up. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew's ideal camping, uh, and then it starts to rain, and of course. Shelly Long is like, oh, let me save the fondue. And then she falls in the mud. And then she well, gets uh, well, up and I, falls in the mud. When she slipped, I was like, oh, she's going to trip and the fondue is going to get all over her. But that didn't happen at all. I was like, it's just no. mud. I, w- I wanted like, like fondue splatter. I wanted a face full of chocolate. That would burn you pretty good. I feel like that would burn you like pretty good. <laughs> I also think falling off a balcony into a tree onto the pavement <laughs> might kill you. But you <laughs> know what happened? F- <laughs> Wait, she landed in the flower bed. It was cushioned. Oh, she still hit a tree on the way down. <laughs> she uh, she took the fall really well. She absorbed the blow with her shoulder and then rolled <laughs> off of it. She started alongside Meryl Streep in Death Becomes Her and just like cracked her <laughs> neck back into place. Um, so it starts raining. She falls in the mud a bunch of times and then she like gets up and falls back in the mud. <laughs> yeah and then she has to like crawl into the tent on her hands and knees and just just like covered in mud so they're like fuck this let's go to the beverly hills hotel and they get like a big hotel suite and they pile all the kids in and then uh velda that's the woman's name by the way the evil woman who, yes. the what do we call her the regional manager the regional manager yes Velda shows up with her like mousy assistant and is like, is this what you call roughing it? And Shelly Long's like, there's one bathroom for nine people. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> which is a respectable answer. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's me. That's, that's a challenge. I also like the night before they're swapping scary stories. And Shelly's Shelly's story is like, uh, my usual hairdresser wasn't there, but I went and got my hair done anyway. And when he turned around the chair, he had given me a perm. And all the <laughs> girls like shriek in terror. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of beautiful. I mean, it's stupid, but it's beautiful. It's the best kind of dumb, and Shelley Long committed so well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so the tr- you know, so Velma basically tells her she's terrible, and they go back home, and this is where the movie takes a turn to Bummer Town, and Jenny Lewis says the line, Dad's divorcing both of us, you know? And it was like, oh, well, this poor child. We also missed the so joke line therapy. before that, where she says... He's taking her to batting to batting helmet day, and she's not even under fourteen. And Shelley Long goes, "I wouldn't bet on that." <laughs> That's gross. And I was like, "This is your daughter." <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like the best look, Shelley. So they go to this like sort of meeting of all the Girl Scout troops in a gymnasium, and Shelley Long and the girls have devised a fashion show. They make it's like a dis- like a to display what you've done so far as a troop, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And so they made these really cool backpacks that are, like, preposterous and ridiculous. Like, it's fancy clothes for outdoors, which is dumb, but the backpacks are cool. And all the wilderness girls are immediately just heckling and making fun of them. And at this point, um, Velda decides to send a spy in to to observe. And there's, like, a, a, a bunch of secret spy montage. Like, they cut a hole in a book and they put a camera in it so you can take pictures of the camera. They got, like, listening devices. This is, like, a whole geared-up montage. So Mary Gross is the actress who plays Velda's assistant. And you will know Mary Gross as the secretary who is all... In everything? Flustered. 
in every movie between I think 1980 and like 1997 approximately. I think mid no cuz she she also did it on Disney Channel shows in the early aughts. Oh really? She was on like she, that's she, so she raven. Kept Okay. She was also an SNL cast member for four years in the period where Lauren Michaels wasn't running the show. Uh, but she's really entertaining in this movie. She really adds a lot to it. She's one of the bright spots to me of, of this movie that she really brings it brings her a game. So she's been charged with doing all this spying and she's, you know, got to go spy on the girls. So we get this really great montage of like the girls earning marriage badges or marriage badges. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Merit badges. Uh, so they get makeovers and then they learn how to appraise jewelry um, there's a little bit of dancing. Then they get. Uh, I think some of them are legitimate merit badges, and some of them are made up. It's what it's because there's some because there's like a montage of like Shelley Long in a book, like drawing a merit badge and like writing what it is, and then some of them yeah. are like she flips to a page and just is like a dance merit badge. Yes, but I think Shelley Long does them all incorrectly. I'm sure. Like, like I, I think, think it's Shelley Long's interpreting dance badge, not like what a dance badge should be for a what do you girl. think a dance badge would be for a wilderness because basically shelly long teaches like a ballet them, like 60s dance moves she teaches like the mashed yeah. potato and, yeah. and the twist it's real it's real goofy so you're thinking uh, like, it's like a swing like, dance waltz class kind of a thing yeah or ballet or some sort of you know it has like a an achievable goal that you can achieve you know learn to do this step not just like here's how to do the twist do the mashed potato here's an iron-on patch yeah Exactly. My favorite part of this montage, though, is the CPR test with like a very attractive police detective or police uh, patrol person. Uh, and he's like, I need a volunteer. And every one of the girls is like, ooh, ooh me, 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 me. And he's like, nah, how about you? And he grabs Shelly Long and lays her down on the ground. And then he just like, he binoculars himself. He says, lay down and keep your mouth open. And she's yeah. like, last time I was told that, it ended very differently. And I was like, this is a chi- room full of children. <laughs> you need to cool your jets, Shelly. <laughs> cool them down. I get these it. Are, He's hot. I see it. These, I'm here with you. These are precious minds you are shaping, Shelly. They're precious minds. Stop trying to bone this cop in front of them. But so he just, like, makes out with her. Like, he doesn't even try to do CPR. He just makes yeah, out with her. These girls don't know CPR, but Defo earned a badge for it. And then one of the girls is like, well, that's foul. And it's like, yeah, it is. It is deeply foul. What's happening right now? But then she goes. So like after, like I said, after each like thing, like them learning montage, it flips to like the book and Shelly Long's recording something like they did this. So she's filling out the like CPR badge, except it's her own name. And the officer's phone number is at the bottom of the page. Um, also, the officer's phone number is not a 555 number. It is 969-9263. Now, they didn't put the area code on it, but there's not that many area codes for you Beverly Hills. You didn't need an area code in the 80s, though. That's true, but you would now. Yeah. But if anybody wants to dial that number and tell us what happens, you leave us a message. Our, our uh, number is 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T, and tell us what happens when you dial the number. That would be amusing. Because yeah. I feel like I don't remember... I started needing area codes when I was in, like, sixth grade-ish, I think. I mean, it depends on the area. You don't start needing them until an area runs out of phone numbers. And uh, larger cities, it might have happened much earlier than it happened. That's true. Because I just remember, like, everyone in the neighborhood, I only ever dialed seven numbers. And then one day, I was like, it didn't work. And mom was like, oh, you have to dial this now. Yeah. 
they also go to an old folks home to give them like you know uh, a visit and cheer them up and they give all these people magazines and this old dude is like i don't want 17 or tiger beat and the girl whips out a penthouse and he pulls out the centerfold in again in front of the children and they're and all like punches him, takes it yeah yeah well yeah because like penthouse it's is penthouse. the grosser of the two yeah exactly and uh, the the wife slaps him and takes the magazine and is just shaking her head at him, which I really dug. Um, oh, and did you notice that the song that Shelley Long was making out with the, with the CPR guy, too, is called French Kissing in the USA? No, but that's pretty fantastic. Yep. So the final merit badge the girls get is going to divorce court, where Shelley Long learns that Craig T. Nelson wants to speed the proceedings up because he wants to marry the realtor. What do you think she expected was the out- going to be the outcome of this court hearing? I don't that she brought know. Because she clearly brought the kids being like, oh, it's just it's the legal system. They should see how it works. Like, clearly she wasn't expecting this. So one of the things that happens when you co- – I've never covered family court, so I, I don't know. Tip- I, there'd be no reason for that to be in a newspaper. But yeah, when that you feels covered- invasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you cover <laughs> criminals – <laughs> Elizabeth like and Paul are getting divorced. The inside <laughs> scoop on page four. Oh man, it's just like a super shitty local gossip column about other people's marriages. Yeah, man, that sounds that sounds bad. Uh, but so a lot of times in criminal court, they'll be like, "All right, we're gonna have a hearing, a pretrial hearing on Monday the fifth and you go there, and it's literally ten minutes of the the lawyers. One side goes, "Hey, we'd like to get an extension of X Y Z X Y Z X Y Z for a total of this." Uh, we'll move the hearing date to here. And the other lawyer either accepts that or doesn't. They usually do because it's kind of like a courtesy thing. And so you will like show up in court and it will take five minutes to set up a new date for something and then they will be done for the day. And that's all that they mm-hmm. did. So maybe she thought it would be that, like they were going to set up a new hearing date or something. I would think that's how, that's, that seems more like it. But in, in any case. And um, they're all dressed so fabulously. For, yeah, well, they're all just mostly fabulously the whole movie. Um, yeah, but like it's, they're not wearing their uniforms. They're all dressed like Shelley Long dresses in life. In yeah, movie. yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so we go to this like meeting of the scouts, and Shelley's like, "All right, we're doing this big thing. All I need from you guys is like seven dollars or something ridiculous, very small amount." Seven fifty. See, I, when she said seven fifty, I was like, "Does she mean seven hundred and fifty or seven dollars and fifty cents?" Because this is Beverly Hills, but also it's a Girl Scout troop in the eighties. Right, right, right. Uh, and then the one girl goes, like, running off and leaving. She's the one with the unemployed actor father. Uh, so Shelley Long is wearing this pretty offensive Native American headdress and turquoise necklace and telling them about, like, history of, you know, Native Americans in this country or whatever. And then she asks for the money, and the girl goes, like, screaming out of the room. And she chases her down and is like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't have any money. And then one of the other Girl Scouts walks up to her and pulls $10 out of her pocket and is like, here, just take this. Like, it's, I don't need it. She's the one who constantly, like, is swindling her dad for more money. She's like, I don't want to go to this stupid meeting. Give me $40 to go. And, like, clearly she wants to be there. <laughs> and Shelly Long is like, hey, so we're going to have a fabulous, you know, patch-giving ceremony on this boat with your parents. And, you know, it'll be it'll be great. Invite your parents. There's also a weird part in between there where she tells a story about getting these, like, really fancy sheets to relate to the girl about not having money. And the really fancy sheets that Shelly Long acquired were 200 thread count. Which means that, like, we've made some serious advancements in the sheet world yeah, was, in the last... She said 200, and I was like, that's it? I'm not a person of, of excessive means, and I'm like, 200 thread count is, like, standard-ass sheets. That's, like, a that's sheet like the you one, buy anywhere. <laughs> that's, like, the one-ply tissues that an office gets. 
I don't know. Th- I'm just I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying like that is a standard like that is not a fancy sheet. That is the sheet you can buy anywhere. If you have to get fancy sheets, they're like six or eight hundred or a thousand thread count. You have to go to like a specialty. St- she had to go to a specialty store to acquire what is today a basic sheet, which oh, made gotcha. me think like like what were the basic sheets then? Like just sandpaper? <laughs> you slept on a tarp. <laughs> it's like a plastic tarp you just yeah, crinkle just all night <laughs> crinkly plastic tarp <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, why all the kids like... knew their parents were doing it because the sheets were all plastic tarping you can hear everything <laughs> that's the worst world i don't want to live there that is an awful awful world <laughs> i'm picturing that plus our always popular joke about the walls being like feudal Japanese walls, yeah, where feudal they're, like, thin paper thin. The walls are also <laughs> no, you're you're living in a contracted home, so all the walls are just plastic sheeting stapled up to the <laughs> to the roof. You can see through it, and it's like a vague outline happening. It's just the worst of all possible worlds. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just thought that was really funny that like she had to go to a specialty store to what you can buy in like any old Walmart like or a Target. Kmart. Just like yeah, like that's just sheets now. It's just like two hundred, but she had to like. Oh, well, they're my dream. 200 thread counters. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I don't so, have 800 thread count sheets. I have some, like, bamboo weave that's also soft, but it's not expensive because I am not a person with 1,000 thread count sheets. I just thought it was funny that, like, what she thought was a dream is just basic-ass shit now. I know. I found, like, 25 – there were, like, $25 sheets on Amazon, and I was like, sure, we'll see what happens. And I was like, these are so soft. I don't care what thread count these are. Right. So we get to the boat party, and they're like – they're playing uh what's what what boats they're like the band is playing a classic boat song cuz this movie is all on the nose with its song choices yeah like kokomo or something something like that and she's like a merit badge for you know financing and jewelry appraisal and blah 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 is this girl and um carla gugino says something about like she's i'm here alone my parents wouldn't come didn't come and i wouldn't have invited them anyways so bye and um when she gives Hannah her badge, her dad is on the other – Craig T. Nelson's on the other side. And when they both go to kiss her on the cheek, Hannah pulls her head back. And so they kiss each other. And Craig T. Nelson's, like, new, new like, side piece is like, yeah. <gasps> what is wrong with you? And I was like, girl, it, it was an accident. Calm down. And clearly you watched it be happening. And then she the falls jump. in like, the water. Yeah, it's pretty magical. I have to admit, I knew 100% that somebody was falling in the water at that boat party. Who did you think it was going to be? I was thinking Craig T. Nelson. I thought it was going to be – I thought Verna – Velna? Velda. Velda. I can never remember her stupid name. I thought she like was going to like sneak onto the boat and was going to get knocked in the water. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. But I, I have to admit, like even though I knew it was coming and then you could totally see it was coming when the kiss happened and she got all irate that she was going to fall backward, I still laughed when she fell. It was, it was pretty funny. It, it was, was well lovely. put. It was a well-constructed gag. Yeah, it was. And then and then no one jumped. I was like, oh, someone's going to jump in the water to save her. And Shelly Long's like, ooh, I have a new patch for you. Craig T. Nelson, like, unties his shoes very slowly and deliberately, making like he's going to get in the water. But the favorite part is the side piece goes, throw me a lifesaver. And Shelly Long opens her purse and says, butterscotch or winter mint? <laughs> I was like, that's me. I would make those jokes. It's like, well done. Well done, Shelly. I like it. I like your style. The... True pie leader rejects her. I'm uh, oh, sorry. So Velda goes to the district manager and is like, hey, like we got to get rid of this Shelly Long character. She's terrible branch manager. And the district leader is like, no, 
You're way overstepping your bounds. Also, why do you have this insane amount of spy knowledge? Why do you have these photos? And yeah, put them like on the how slides? and why and what? <laughs> what is the set of circumstances that led you to having these weird photos of these children in compromising positions? Because I think I have more questions for you about that. <laughs> I think I'd like you to speak with this officer. Yeah. So Velda like doubles down and she goes to Mary Gross and she's like, I'm going to have you move in with her. And when Mary grows protest, she's like, I'll fire you. You'll go back to Kmart. What do you think about that? And she's like, okay. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell? Yeah, it's like, but also, I was like, how are they going to orchestrate this move in? And it's like flip wipe. And it's Shelly Long and Mary Gross standing there. And it's like, um, they're just it's going to be fumigated for like several weeks. And Shelly Long's like, stay as long as you like. It's like, oh, because she's a nice person. That's what this whole movie is leading us to. Like, I get it now. I feel so Keep stupid. telling us she's lovely. And then the maid comes in and is like, the one girl scout is sad in your kitchen. So they go down and it's Carla Gugino like crying. She's like, this is stupid. I shouldn't have come. My parents abandoned me on my birthday and everyone leaves me by. <laughs> and so they're like, wait, 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 hold on. And Rosa just like, Rosa goes, give me 15 minutes. And she comes out 15 minutes later with a cake. A like cake a and whole candles cake. and it's iced and it's got her name on it. And I was like, like. Our microwave, Which, like, is this a microwave cake? Is this an easy to make oven I, cake? It makes me think that Rosa just has a stash of uniced cakes waiting for the proper moment to deploy them. Like, she just Which constantly like a has a smart like, plan. Yeah, yeah. But she just, like, constantly has a supply of cake and, and is doing her best to keep that available. Apparently, that was a thing on Grace and Frankie. Like, they discovered that one of their husbands had a stash of unwrapped jewelry. For, like, any event that he forgot about, that he could just go into his closet and be like, oh, here you go. Yeah, no, I think I think it's less shitty if it's not a big gift like that. Like, if it was a bunch of your wife's favorite candy bars, that you could just, like, deploy that. That I did. like. Yeah. But like, hey, I fucked up. Here's a Snickers. I'm sorry. Like, bigger deal than, like, I forgot our anniversary. OJK, here's this, like, double heart thing. Whatever that shit Jane Fonda sells at Zales is. That's not Jane Fonda. It's a woman who looks like Jane Fonda. Oh, you're right. What the fuck? The open heart name? collection. It's yeah, like some yeah, artist yeah. woman, and she painted a no, weird heart. No, she's an actress. She's an actress. It's Jane Seymour. Anyway, Jane Seymour's open Her heart collection. Her name is in this from... movie. She is not in this movie. They watch Jane Fonda workout tapes. Oh, they're at the. They're, I thought they went to the. They go to Jane Fonda's workout thing, and they like. They park do, outside. but they also watch Jane. Anyway, all right, we're like way off track here. Coming back to reality. Um, so it's Cookie Day, and the. The, the Cobra Kai of this movie is the Red Feathers who won a thousand boxes. Of the only reason they called them that is so that they could differentiate them from the rest of the girls because all the uniforms oh, a, look identical. A thousand percent. A thousand percent, yes. And also, the, once the hats are on, it's really hard to tell the kids apart from a distance. So, mm-hmm. yes, a thousand percent. Uh, but the, the Red Feathers take a thousand boxes and then Shelly Long's like, oh, let's take two thousand boxes. So they get two thousand boxes. Because they have to do a thousand boxes to qualify for the jamboree and in my head like i'm like oh a jamboree is gotta be like a party or something like to celebrate selling so many cookies that's what that's a jamboree is a party and then shelly long's like boy scout lingo yeah apparently i i would be so pissed at i was like oh i'll go to the jamboree like fuck this noise this is not a jamboree (laughs) um this is this is like fucking what astro crag what show had the astro crag aggro crag Guts. Gut. I was like, this is guts. This is not a jamboree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the jamboree is much more like guts. But so so they get all these cookies, and they're like, well, all right, let's sell some cookies. So we, we have a montage of cookie buying, 
And Kareem, there's a bunch of interesting cameos in this movie. Well, no, because all this. the red feathers purposely drove to Beverly Hills to sell candy, to sell cookies to all their neighbors before they could. So they yes, have to do. Cre- they what, have to be clever. Here's what I was building to. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has a cameo in this movie where he's like, "Oh, I just bought some cookies. I'm sorry, I bought four boxes." Hey, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you make like a lot of money. You can buy more than four boxes of Girl Scout cookies and just bring them to the the organization that you work for, the Los Angeles Lakers, and just like maybe give those out to people who help you be a Los Angeles Laker. That's that's pretty cheap shit nonsense, Cream. You can't drop a hundo on some wilderness girls. What's that about, buddy? Super famous basketball player. Four boxes of cookies. You, could, you don't even have to bring them to people you know. You could literally just buy a crate of them and just hand a crate to homeless people and be like, here you go. Have some cookies. Yeah, or just... Or just like give out a whole box to every kid on Halloween. Be a balder. Or just you you make so much money, you could buy four crates, throw three of them away, and then just do whatever you like take a bath in the last crate. Like you make yeah, that you much could, money. You should be Scrooge McDucking in Dosidos, Grimdul <laughs> Jabbar. Yeah. You should be you should be diving off a diving board into a whole pool of thin mints. Like, and then get the hell and out then of get here. into your like Samoa hot tub. Yeah, that exactly. spills a little over the edge. One of those yeah. guys. <laughs> yes, like get out of here, Kareem. Four boxes of cookies. Get out. Sorry, uh, but yes, uh, they need they need to figure out a plan. So they're like trying to figure out how to how to sell these cookies and and figure and, it out. And Shelley Long um, gets all their parents together and is wearing this fabulous shirt with like a black like <laughs> sequin. It looks like something that um I can never remember this actor's name. It, the mom in Beetlejuice would wear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the actress? Catherine O'Hara. It looks like Catherine yes. O'Hara would wear in Beetlejuice. And the parents are like, "Why wouldn't we just buy the cookies? It's only a thousand dollars." And I was like, <laughs> "That's this is what I've been thinking from the beginning." Like, yeah, what? no, absolutely. So Craig T. Nelson shows up to this meeting to drop the daughter off, and he's there with his side piece. And Shelley Long is like, hey, why don't you hang around? Like, you could be, be helpful here. We could use you. Which, again, would have built to that thing we were talking about, our much better ending for this movie. If he had, you know, this, that would have redeemed that piece, too. But he goes outside. Well, no, then she, the goes, she goes, tell her to pull into the garage. Just wait in there with the motor running. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> but so Craig T. Nelson goes and gets in the car with the side piece. And they're talking. And he's like, well, she'll always be my wife. And the side piece is like. Uh, excuse me what <laughs> and he, he he gets all flustered and stuff but i kind of like that it was really genuinely great of him having to try to backpedal his way out of that i said she'll always be my daughter and she was like no yeah. you did not <laughs> you super didn't say that and then they drive off together and she's clearly furious at him and i just that whole thing was pretty lovely um we get a cookie so montage it's a cookie selling montage which includes a full-on stage show with songs and one of the kids dressing like fake Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a choice. <laughs> they're doing like and, they're doing like Dreamgirls doo-wop choreography on the side as backup yeah. singers. And then the song ends and everybody rushes forward to the stage with wads of cash in their hand and they're just like handing them boxes and you know selling them this way. And then did you notice one girl was like whipping him into the crowd like a t-shirt cannon? And I was yes! like, girl, you're selling these. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing here? Um, uh, and then there's the other one where the the saucy book writer is writing, you know, signing her saucy books as her daughter, the TV star, signs boxes of cookies, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a crazy rush. They're selling cookies like you wouldn't believe. The 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 True Beverly Hills is the best cookie seller of all time. Um, 
then we cut to celebrating the cookie sales with this like big event that they're having. Well, we also missed that the lifestyles of the rich and famous voice guy was like doing voiceover for a fashion show they were doing during that. Well, montage. that's what I was just about to say. That's oh no, no, that, what I, was about to say. I thought you were talking about the the event that she invites Velda to later. Oh no, no, no! That, I was talking about the fashion show. All right, like, go ahead. It's Robin Leach. No, that's all. I, I mean, I just saw. I was gonna do that. The, the extent of my Robin Leach impression. <laughs> the I'm Robin Leach. Welcome to the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah. No one can uh, do that voice ever. I think, I don't know why, but his, it's just a hard to emulate voice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super weird, but yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, discussing all the, all the, uh, the women go and then they sell a bunch of boxes of cookies there. They're selling to people in the crowd. They're selling them from the stage. Bing, bang, boom. Um, and then we go to like the fancy party that you're talking about that Velda gets invited to. And it's like, hey, we're going to ceremonially present the check for all these cookies that we sold to this shitty woman who hates me for no reason. Yeah. And this, she's wearing what I think is one of the most iconic outfits of this movie. It's this like pastel four tone ruffle dress. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it is like an Easter Sunday vomit. It is a true nightmare. Um, uh, and uh, there's a bunch of weird cameos here, too, because Cheech, Cheech Marin is there for no reason. And the guy starts, from the like, love boat shows up. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Um, and this is where you get to where you think Craig T. Nelson is going to be like, hey, maybe I made a mistake. Let's see if we can work this out. Uh, and instead, he just says that he's going to want shared custody of their daughter. And then Shelley Long falls into a pool. Yeah, I was I, I, cause I knew she fell in the pool. And I was like, who pushes her in? Like, there's no way Craig T. Nelson pushes her in. Maybe his, no, side, piece, no. maybe his side piece gets jealous and pushes her in the pool. But no, she just stands up from the table and doesn't remember which way that the ground is and which way the pool is. And just At walks her own in. home. At her own home. It's not her own home. It's not? No. She's, she gives her instructions on where to go. It's like a, a, uh, a mansion. I thought she lived in a mansion. She does, but it's not that mansion. Okay. So anyway, yeah, she falls in a pool. She presents the check for the 4,000 boxes of cookies that they sold, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Craig T. Nelson is having, like, daddy-daughter time with Jenny Lewis, and he has this ridiculous beachfront condo that, like, you could step out the back door onto the sand, um, which makes me wonder, like, what is this guy? Is this guy just a muffler man, or is he also running drugs for the mafia or something? Because and laundering money. He has, yeah, he has a lot of money. Um and so she, again, back to Depression Town, Jenny Lewis is like, I feel like a ping pong ball between you and mom. And it's like, oh, no, this is so sad now. What did we do? Stop it, uh, Jenny Lewis. You're really bumming me out. Uh, so <laughs> Shelly Long has barricaded herself in her room. And her friend, the sexy novel writer, I think, yeah. comes comes to save her and there's just like 50 empty bottles of evian strewn about the place i guess and evian was like a big deal i mean it was new and expensive back then but also i think shelly long would have like water poisoning if she drank that much water in a day <laughs> well, or she's two. peeing like <laughs> it's not like she's but not getting fi- up to pee but they're 50 liter they're they're 51 liter bottles like that's so much liquid okay fair even, enough that's a lot of peeing She's basically just peeing the whole day then. I mean, maybe she is. Her daughter isn't home. She's not leading the troop. What else is she doing? Um, so then she tries to quit on the troop, and they're like, we won't let you do it. We need you for the big jamboree. I would have loved if Shelley Long, like me, didn't think the jamboree, oh, the jamboree was going to be like a party and a ball. And was like, what do you need my help for? It's just a dance. 
And then they're like, no, it's not. It's a cutthroat well, Hunger Games style obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> cutthroat Hunger Games style costume party. <laughs> obstacle course is what I said. Oh, I thought you said costume party and I was very confused. No. <laughs> Although a cutthroat, ob- a cutthroat Hunger Games style costume party sounds fun, I guess. Oh, man, that's so silly. Um, I also really love at the beginning of the Jam Marie, they like get them all lined up and Velma goes to shoot this starter pistol and she kills a bird with it. I love it. Smashing down to earth. It's really quite spectacular. I would I wish they like hadn't told her that was going to happen and they just dropped a fake bird on her head. So, so here's the thing that I'm confused about with the Jam Marie. It seems like each of the teams has a custom trail that they have to follow. Yes. That all like lead to the same point and are roughly the same length. That seems like really tremendously hard to organize. I would agree. I think so. Like, wouldn't it make much more sense to start them down the same trail in 10 minute intervals and time them? I Yes, I would. I, or start, start two teams at opposite ends of the trail. And they have to go, you know, one starts at the end. One's... Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great so idea. So they have to, like, crisscross. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yes, that's a great idea. It seems like a weird way to do it. But anyway, this Red Feather team is, like, basically homicidal maniacs because they have to follow these little arrows in their path. And the Red team gets there and just points their arrow in a different direction into the wilderness. It's like in Bob's Burgers when there was, like, the mean Thunder Girl troop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking that that Bob's Burgers Girl Scout episode is basically them riffing on this movie. I think so. Yeah. Um. So they they get they get tracked off to nowhere. They lead them into like, like Snake Swamp. Why is there yeah, Snake yeah. Swamp anywhere near here? Yeah, it seems v- rather dangerous. Um. And so they run away from the snake, and in doing so, manage to get to the end of the finish line fast. Well, they run away from a skunk. They see the snake oh, and run, right. and then skunk, a, sna- a skunk pops up, and they all they get chased by the skunk to the finish line before the red feathers. And then they have Velda pick up the skunk and be like, "I hate you." And I was like, "Oh, she's gonna get skunk sprayed." Nope, nothing. Well, not nothing. She kills and eats it and wears it as a hat <laughs> on camera. We watch it happen. Yeah. She makes it like Martha Stewart style how to video. <laughs> It cuts to that like over the shoulder or just top down view of like hands working on a thing. It's like a tasty video. Yeah. Yeah, It's just a tasty video of like prepped skunk. And she's just like, no, Uh, no. But we do see her roasting on a spit and wearing its fur as a hat. Um, So she tells the leader of the Red Feathers that she's going to have to be ill and that Velda will take over her troop. And which when she announces that very unfair, the Beverly Hills troop goes, wait, she planned the course. Why is this fair and allowed in any way? Which is a reasonable objection that they raise. A reasonable objection. Uh, so the Trooper of the Hills goes off on day two, and they're, they're trying to get to the finish line, and Velda cuts the rope bridge that they're supposed to. So uh, Shelly Long has this like big moment of like being angry, and is like, damn it, like, I just want something to work for me for once, which is kind of a nice little like, – she has a nice little speech and kind of rallies the troops a little bit. And then they find this fallen down log when they're like, okay, we'll have to, we'll have to use this to cross. Um, but what I don't quite get is they're going to use the log to cross and then they're going to like tie the rope bridge back together. And it was like kind of a weird, like that seems really yeah. unsafe to do, right? Like they don't possess the ability to, to fix that bridge. No, that bridge, it's structural integrity is shot. 
Yeah. Just cross the log. So we, yeah. So we get a really long scene of like, uh, Shelly tries to cross the log and she does both. Okay. Everyone who tries to cross this log. They, why does everyone stand up when they cross the log? Okay, thank you. That's exactly the same thing I was going to say. Just crawl across. Every time I play a video game, like the new Tomb Raider game, she like stands up on the log and like does the arms out wiggle like, whoa. And I was like, yeah. who is giving you style points right now? Just crawl. Yeah. Like bear hug and inchworm your way for all I care. Just do it safely. Yeah. The only reason you should be standing on a log is if for some reason, and like the only reason to me that's acceptable is like there's a murderer behind you with a machete. Should you be staying on a log is to leap from one log to another. Or you're in like some kind of lumberjack log game and you're doing the spinny one. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, just get down on your hands and knees and crawl across the log, you dickheads. It's easier and safer. Uh, so it's this whole thing where like Jane Lewis's foot gets stuck and then she pulls her foot out of the log. It's like a really there's like way too much time hanging out in this log. This movie is pretty well paced. It's not too long, but this log bit is it, it does interminable. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. And um, so the red feathers, the Velda's like, here, let's cut to this hunting ground only place. And the red feathers are like, okay. And she falls into a, a hole that they dug to catch an animal, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. Um, and her ankle gets broken. And the red feathers are like, give her a canteen and some rations and leave her. You're yeah, dead weight. And so I, this, at this point, I kind of lost my suspension and disbelief with this movie because that's really evil. Well, the red feathers are evil. That's what we've learned so far. I know, but the first one you can write off as, like, harmless pranking. The second one is, like, let's leave this woman with a broken ankle to die. No, because someone could come back and get her after after they won. Right, but that's, like, not wilderness girl material, is it? It feels like not wilderness girl material. Neither is Velda. (laughs) Um, So they basically, yeah, they say you're dead weight and they leave her. And then Beverly Hills troop obviously comes to the rescue they see velda there and they're like we're not gonna leave you behind no the best is shelly long is let shelly long is like what's the fastest way to get to the finish line we'll take you and velda's like no i won't tell you anything and shelly long is like girls we can leave her here to die and win or we can do the right thing i'll let you decide the girls are like fuck this we're leaving her she's a monster (laughs) which is the accurate thing to do honestly i what i would have done it's evil when the Red Feathers do it. It's less evil when Troop Beverly Hills does it because this woman has been sabotaging them at every turn like a crazy person. And then so they, like, tie their like, backpacks wait, together. Wait, wait, this, this just occurred to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you, like, I, I like to use the phrase, like, zoom out a little bit, right? So, like, if you zoom out mm-hmm. a little bit on, on Velda and think about this in a little bit more abstract terms, it's really fucked up. Like a crazy level of fucked up that she is spending so much time trying to sabotage a bunch of children. She has a daughter, by the way. She's in the movie, and she's one of the red feathers. Yeah. So, like, where's that relationship right now? Right, right. Anyway, so the so yeah, the uh, the you were saying the girls with the backpacks. They like tie their backpacks together to like make her a gurney, and Shelley Long is like, I had faith in you girls all along, and the girl Velda's like, oh, I'm gonna vomit. You guys are gross, and I was like, I would have knocked her the fuck out. I would have I like, oh, yeah. picked up a rock, clocked her in the face with it, tied her to the backpacks. <laughs> just like everyone grab an ankle and we'll go ahead. Just we'll, we'll, just, let, her yeah, arm, I mean, we'll let her arms drag in the dirt. <laughs> her face first. <laughs> just, just like make sure that we're all going to tell the same story. Like we found her and she looked like she had broken her ankle and hit her head. <laughs> yeah. We found her unconscious, decided to save her. Yeah. Don't don't think too hard about it. Also, uh, there were several claw marks all over her face. <laughs> and it looked like so, it looked like someone stuffed an entire box of cookies. Didn't even open the box; just opened her jaw and jammed the box into her mouth. It was weird. They must have thought, 
They must have thought she was in like diabetic shock or something. It was a very bizarre situation. This trailer isn't safe um, for our girls. No. So the Red Feathers get there first, but they get disqualified because they don't have their troop leader. And then Troop Beverly Hills wins the Jamboree. But At they stole point, tr- the Red Feathers stole the trophy and never got it back. No, they don't I, give it back. Which I thought was, a, I was like expecting that to come back. Yeah. And also, Velda gets so angry, she gets up and starts walking around. Yup. Totally fine. And it's weird because two independent people examined her and said, your ankle is broken. And they also show us as the audience, like her ankles all fucked up looking. So what and how and how is this leap in logic happening? Like, that's a pretty big failure, I feel like. Yeah, that is garbage. So she like is vows to start her own troop or whatever, her like own organization. Blackjack and hookers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And she storms away. And then obviously Craig T. Nelson and Shelley Long get back together, which I still am annoyed by. Like I think I think that's I am a too. bummer ending for this movie. Um, it's a bummer ending then, for Shelley Long. Yeah, that yeah. Not for the like, daughter. She had this she had this journey of self realization and stuff, and Craig T. Nelson just stopped fucking a different woman. It's a weird it's a weird unequal thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. I know I keep harping on it, but it's just weird to me. Um, and then they all start singing a song, like a sort of like military style marching song that everybody in the crowd seems to know the words to, including Craig T. Nelson, which is like very bizarre as he has never interacted with the scout troop. Yes. And then the final shot of the movie is Velda working at Cape, which is kind of a nice. She'd been threatening uh, Amy Gross. Amy Gross? Mary Gross. Mary Gross with that the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned that before. Oh, did we? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, final thoughts on Troop Beverly Hills? Uh, it's super fun. Oh, the Ren and Stimpy created someone who created Ren and Stimpy worked on the animation intro. Okay, I, I so thought that's, I recognized that. Yep. Um, uh, I enjoyed I this think too. It's super I, fun. Yeah, I also like this. It's not. I don't think I like it quite as much as you, but it's pretty. It's pretty enjoyable. I like the way that it pokes fun at the rich folk stuff. Um, like the the satire of the of the super rich is pretty fun. Um, I don't like the that she ends up with Craig T. Nelson, despite him not really changing at all in the course mm-hmm. of the movie. But it's pretty fun. Um, I think that like it could have been more fun. Like there there was less comedy in this than I thought there was going to be, and not from a perspective of I didn't find it funny. But I don't think there were as many jokes in this as I thought there. Were. It felt less jokey than I expected. Yeah, but, but it's yeah, also, I would say for me, a, it's paced well. It's not super long. I think it's it's not. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a recommend. It's a soft recommend. Yeah, it's a recommend. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate that. Come see us on May 19th in Baltimore. It'll be a really fun time. Uh, we know what the movie is, and we're working on putting our announcement together, but I think it's going to be a really good one. We've had a blast at our two, last two live shows, and we'd love to see you there. Uh, additionally, it's probably another more... dance movie because all the, the dance movies are the fun ones people know, and they, they feel yeah, like the ones yeah. to do with the live shows. Well, Top Gun didn't have any dancing in it. That was didn't still it? fun. No, it had a karaoke scene. It had two long yeah. singing sequences. So yeah, yeah. it might as well. Also, it was gay. It was gay. So, like, basically. (laughs) Um, uh, If you'd like more of our show, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dissecting the 80s. We're also on Twitter. That's at Dissectomania. And everything you ever want to know about the show is at DissectingThe80s.com. All of our old episodes and all that. And uh, as always, please rate and review the show wherever you get it. If you have a minute to listen to i to pop into itunes and just rate the show we'd really appreciate that we read them on the air so if you want to say something we will definitely listen to it um additionally 
tell two friends if you like the show. I know the tripod thing is over, but we had some really nice people suggest us on Twitter for tripod, and, and thank you so much for doing that. There was uh, four or five people. I, I wish I had written down all your names. I'm sorry that I didn't do that, but I definitely responded and thanked them there on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, if you like the show, tell two friends about it. It's the best way to learn about new podcasts. What is the next episode we're doing? Uh, Mary Gross is coming along for the ride. And we are doing Big Business, which is Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler starring in Shakespeare's Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors. So, once again, thank you for listening. I have been Trip Lano. And I will always be Andrew Lano. Until April 24th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow!